Are you an AFL umpire? Have you been touched in your special area? Call Chamberlain and Chamberlain Lawyers. We'll be there for you for everything from a Charlie Kerno brushing to those times when you bounce the ball on the center square, run backwards, and some massive unit runs into you. Chamberlain and Chamberlain Lawyers. Every fingerprint matters. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking Deets. Your own personal... My guest today is a member of the league's Canberra Conference. We first started playing AFL Fantasy with him about five or six seasons ago. At first we were unsure about this new guy joining the league because he appeared to know what he was doing and surely enough he went on to win the Deets Elite Cup in 2015. But we've come to know him as a good league member and a great bloke. Not only has he mastered the art of the AFL fantasy draft, drafting Hunter at pick 115 and Hogan at pick 187 this year, but in 2018 he's mastered the art of the trade deal as well, having secured names like Shuey, Walters, Dugowie and Dangerfield. He's also caught others napping, picking up Neil Bullen, Steele, Tom Langdon and Tom McDonald off the waivers. He's currently third on the Deets Elite ladder, but in my opinion, is probably one of the favourites to take out his second title in 2018. There may not be much snow or mountains in Canberra, but there's a big avalanche brewing. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome ACT Avalanche. ACT Avalanche, welcome to BMC Studios. Thank um, you very much. You can tell you're at BMC headquarters because of this, the distinct lack of silverware. Uh, this is probably what Fremantle Footy Club must be like. How's it going? <laughs> Look, it's going great. And I must admit, you know, to I think if you can correct me if I'm wrong, but to be the first official studio guest, it's it's an absolute honour. Yeah, that is. Yeah, you are the first one here. Um, hopefully the audio quality works out okay. Uh, if it doesn't, I might have to fiddle with it afterwards. But, um, yeah, we'll see how we go. Um, so, just first of all, they tell me you used to play a bit of tennis. Oh, yeah, going back a fair way, but, yeah, long time ago. What can you tell us about um, your time on the courts for those in the league that don't know? Well, I think probably the best way to describe how I would have played the game was I really enjoyed Goran Ivanizovic and yeah. Marat Safin. Um, probably the thing that links both of those guys is throwing rackets pretty regularly. So yeah, I didn't didn't mind a fair on court tantrum. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, all right, we'll go straight into the um, the results in the ladder from last week. So the John Deers defeated the Bob Murphy Fluffers uh, by seventy three. Edge United defeated uh, Darren Jarman by thirty seven. BMC had a win against Yay. Skeet. <laughs> By 35. Um, Milky Bar Kids defeated the Harpies in the Cleanaway Cup by 9. Big scores in that one too. Uh, ACT defeated Cheesy Drivers by just 8. Um, 
and SSG defeated Phil's bad man Omega Lol by just three in the first uh, official close game of the season, uh, which is uh, under five points, which gives you points for the Shane Dietz medal. So very tough for um, Phil's bad man there. Um, oh, shattered. Yeah. Shattered for him. No, you, not really. Are you happy with your win? Look, I mean, when when the cheesies sent through the screenshot when he'd taken the lead on the last day with five players to go versus three, naturally you think that at that point it's all over. Um, so, look, to, to sneak the win is just fantastic. To sneak it over the Jivers is even better. Yeah, it's very sweet. Oh, no, nothing sweeter. Uh, also sweet is the ladder. Um, Edge United on top with seven wins, followed by um, the Harpy Rises and ACT Avalanche, each on six wins. Um, the Bob Murphy Fluffers on five wins, um, as are the Milky Bar Kids and Cheesy Jivers. Skeet Coin and Phil's Badman and SSG all on four wins. Um, the John Deere's Darren Jarman on three wins and BMC on two wins. Uh, BMC is just two games out of the eight. Yeah, very, very tight ladder this year, which is obviously always good. Um, the the points scored is also pretty close with regards going up and down the ladder with a couple of maybe not so close yeah, teams. a couple but of strategic I'm, outs. I'm sure they'll they'll come good for the rest of the year. But, yeah, it seems, it seems like a pretty even comp this year and most people can beat anyone on any given week. Indeed. Um, moving on to the injuries for the week. I read today that Blake Akers um, might be out for four to six, so that'll affect the Harpies. Um, Michael Hurley, probably out for a couple. That's the cheesy drivers. Um, Mark Murphy, maybe one week. I'm not so sure what's happening there. Is that, for Murphy, is that the same foot that he's had the problems with? I think, I don't know if it's the same foot, but it looks like this injury was because he went to, like, kick and it got, like, I don't know, something happened in that action rather than just, like, running around and... Okay. Inflaming a recurring injury. Um, Elliot Yo is doubtful. That's the Milky Bar kids. Um, Jack Martin has the bye, so he might be right to play for Edge United the following week. Jeremy Howe should be right to play. Uh, Tom Jonas has the bye as well, so he should be right to play for the John Deers. Um, some less serious injuries to Fisher, Witts, Ainsworth, Bonner, Jeremy Cameron, Sam Gibson, and Darcy Fogarty. Yeah, Cameron just can't can't seem to get it together at the moment. Yeah, GWS. Big breakout year last year and just, just seems to be struggling a little bit, probably the same as the entirety of the GWS list at the moment. They should be getting Kelly back this week, um, but they're playing Essendon at Spotless and I generally don't know who to tip. Oh, great side, the Bombers. Like, um, clear, clearly have the talent to go all the way based on last week's performance. <laughs> um, so some transactions... Uh, from the past weeks, there's been some uh, former A-graders that were dropped. Uh, Alan Christensen and Cade Collard-Jasney. Um, Christensen made 92 last week, and Collard-Jasney made 136 in the Kneeful. Um, Kieran Jack, Ryan Burton, David Armitage, and Jaron Geary also dropped, but they performed pretty poorly. Yeah. So Christensen, I think, picked up this week, and Collard-Jasney picked up as well. Um, good move, Alan. Yeah, we'll uh, get to those. Um, <laughs> so some ads. Uh, Chris Main to the Cheesy Drivers, um, but he only scored 56. And out again. That's 
I think that's a standard driver's move. And out again. Shining, chasing after little shiny things. <laughs> Tommy Hawkins made 98, and he's probably going to make some more scores this week against the... Um, the Blues this week? The Blues, yeah. Um, Dylan Clark, who made 181 in the VFL recently, only made 46 for SSG. Um, and ACT Avalanche picked up Tommy Langdon, who scored a handy 116. Um, Collar Jasney, Nick Graham, who scored a handy 98. Um, so there were some good pickups. Well, I think the, the motto at Avalanche HQ is basically the Bill Belichick motto which don't do stupid things and hopefully take advantage of other people doing stupid things. Nice. So we, we, try to, we try to keep that going. <laughs> Very good. Um, so trades. Um, yeah, obviously there was a trade with um, Ward Walters for Cripps and Murray. Ward and Walters made 148 collectively. Cripps and Murray made 221. So... Ooh. A few suggesting that it would have gone the either way, but Cripps and Murray have the early lead. Um, I didn't write down the trade from yesterday. I've written it down somewhere. Can oh, you remember? I, 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 I think I can. Uh, so just props to Darren Jarman. Great, great guy to negotiate with. Um, I think he might actually be on a school camp either from today or tomorrow, hiking up some mountains. So glad that we could get something over the line before that happened. Um, but the Avs gave away Callum Ward, Trent Cochin, Jack Billings, and Christian Salem to get back Patrick Dangerfield, Luke Shuey, Ryan Clark, and Scooter Selwood. Impressive. It's a, it's a big deal. So you also snagged Dugowie this year in a trade. So tell me, um, how do you get trades done? Uh, uh for Hartlett, I think. Um, yeah. That one going going a little bit back, and obviously Hartlett going down makes that look all right from my side. How do you get trades done? I think the the biggest thing is integrity. You know, when when you're going into negotiations with someone, you you've got to make sure that they believe what you're telling them. You know, there's there are other other GMs around the league that may may not subscribe to that theory. Drivers. Oh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but potentially. Um, but I think, you know, it's it's just fun. And look, like we particularly that last trade, I really didn't want to give up Salem, basically, for the reasons that Jarman actually posted. Because yeah. he's, he's been travelling pretty well. But there's not very many times where someone's legitimately going to trade away someone who averaged 120 last year. Yeah. So I think you've, you've pretty much got to jump on when you can. That was a fantastic pickup. Um, and I noticed uh, Cheesy Drivers has proposed a trade, uh, Johannesson for Jack Graham. How's that going? <laughs> um, so, you, so maybe this comes back to another thing of how you get trades done. So generally I'll talk to people before I send them offers that they're going to reject. Um, the other thing with the Jivers, and he does this in fantasy basketball as well, is he's pretty much going to send you a trade with a guy he's about to draw right. to see what he can get out of you. Yeah. So, um, look, you might have to check the, the waivers, but I'm pretty sure Jack Graham might have been dropped uh, at midday on Tuesday. Um, yep. That's, yeah, he has been. So, you know, it's, it's one of those... The, 
They go to script, the drivers. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can read him like a book. Oh. Impressive. All right. Do you know something uh, that we do called uh, Good Call, Bad Call? Uh, I think I've heard it a couple of times. So, so essentially, I'm going to throw uh, a few statements at you, and you're going to tell me whether it's a good call or a bad call. Far um, away. I think last week we did about 20. I think we're going to pull it back this week. Um, all right, here we go. First one. Um, your beloved Geelong got caught up in the romanticism of the Ablett trade and ultimately made a mistake. Bad call. Only based on the actual price that they paid. So, yeah. you know, if, you've, if you're having a look at it, you know, he's, he's not getting paid a lot of money. He didn't actually cost that much. And it was the pick we got for Motlop, who is just all sorts of deets. Yeah, right. Yeah, he is. So, Apart from the yeah, show. So in, in that regard, but did we expect more? Probably, yeah. How many games would you be happy to see him play this year? Oh, probably 15. Oh, yeah. If, if, he, if he got there, I think that would be a win. All right, number two, Lake Burley Griffin is underutilised. Hugely fantastic call. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can't even get a beer around it. Yeah. Um, all right, number three, Alistair Clarkson gets away with too much. Good call. Yeah, I was um, I was hearing in a podcast today that like every coach in the AFL um, is contractually contractually obliged to give an interview every week and Clarkson gives his at the airport at 8am on a Saturday as they're flying out <laughs> so no media organisations send their best journalists um, yeah he um, yeah can't, he seems can't to, be a good look for no. a coach to just be able to phone up the CEO and say you know I want to have a chat um, yeah that too that's, that's probably the second worst thing this week after Wayne Bennett saying that there's anti-Brisbane bias in the NRL. Yeah, right. thought that was a great one. Um, all right, number four. Uh, parenting is as easy as putting on a good DVD. Bad call. <laughs> <laughs> Question asked by a uh, someone without a child. Um, <laughs> number five, the ACT government giving GWS $23 million over 10 years to play in Canberra is money well spent. Good call. Not, not a lot to do in Canberra, um, particularly trying to get people out on chilly winter afternoons where it's about four degrees. And, I mean, let's face it, what are, what are GWS getting as crowds, you know, out of spotless? I think, you know, it's, it's probably worthwhile trying to maintain that Canberra link. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's, um, it's just over $2 million a year and uh, I guess 700000 per game. And yeah, the Giants are up and about. I don't know. I still hope um, maybe we can get a few more games, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think they're redeveloping Monica Oval anymore either. So uh, It's prob probably at capacity, really. Yeah, it is. Um, all right, number six. Nathan Ablett could have rivaled Buddy in terms of legacy. I think That's I th a big legacy. I think the Harpies have a strong opinion on Nathan Ablett. I, the talent was clearly there. Um, rivaling Buddy, I'd probably have to say bad call. But yeah. could he could he have made a pretty good name for himself in the league? Definitely. Yeah. All right, number seven. Uh, Nick Kyrgios will never win a Grand Slam. Bad call. 
Yeah, I've got, got to have faith in Nick. Yeah, I agree. I think he's got one or two in him, especially because, I mean, I think Leighton was a bit um, gypped, I guess, and the fact that he was up against Nadal and the Federers and the Djokovic's to a lesser extent, very, I think maybe true. I think maybe Leighton could have won a couple more. Um, he also, I think with Leighton, probably finished number one in the world three years in a row yeah. in the early noughties, so yeah, he actually... Yeah. Before those Federer's and Nadal started smashing, yeah. he managed to get a couple of Grand Slams before they were around. I think was it, you had the 01 Wimbledon final with Rafter Ivanisevic, yeah. the massive five-setter, yeah. fantastic grass court tennis. Yeah. And then they retired, and the next year was Hewitt v. Nalbandian. Yeah. And you think, gee, that, that's a bit of a downturn. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, Kyrgios. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. All right, number eight. Um, Geelong are the best in the competition at drafting talent. You'd have to say good call, though. You know, to just curry favour with the audience here, Adelaide do a pretty good job as well with their list having pretty much no top ten draft picks in the last ten years. It's a good point. Um, but you know, Stephen Wells just seems to be able to keep doing it. It's the same guy, is it? Who? Right. Yep. Yeah. Been, been there a long time, and particularly the. You know, being able to find really good players with not particularly high picks, yeah. and that—that's where you know you make your money. Even the, you know, the guys that have gone in the top couple who you, know, you wouldn't think are that great, they'll probably still play a couple hundred games. Yeah, getting those, you know, all Australian type talents in the thirties, forties, fifties. Yeah, it's, it's and, how you got to do it. And this year, looking at Tim Kelly, I think he was overlooked by a few. Oh, I think he was overlooked by Geelong fans as well. Right. Don't don't think anyone anticipated the impact he was going to have. Um, but again, you, you hear Wells talking about it and he essentially said we drafted him because we thought he could fill the role that Motlock played last year. Yeah. So um, haven't seen him standing in the outer eating pies and on the gaps yet. Yeah. Seen, seems to be doing pretty well. Yeah. Although talk that he might might want to go back home after putting himself in the shop window. Perth? In Perth. Right. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, so, uh, all right, next one, number nine, uh, Damien Hardwick is a better coach than Ross Lyon. That would have been an easy one before last year. Well, that's why it's here. (laughs) Uh, let's, I think that's a good call. Um, like you, you look at Richmond's list and you know what, two or three A graders really in that squad, yeah. I mean, you, Dustin Martin, Alex Rance, maybe Rewald, yeah. maybe Cochin, mm. but the you know, the amount that he's gotten out of you know twelve to twenty two on that list. Um, yeah. Ross had a fair bit to play with at St Kilda, had a fair bit to play with at Frio. Yeah, okay, grand finals, but you you're judged on the on how many cups you got and. Yeah. That cup for Hardwick's a massive, massive boost for him. Yeah, you've kind of changed my mind. I was coming into this thinking, yeah, Ross Lyon at the grand finals. Because, I mean, conceivably, Hardwick could have caught Adelaide on a bad day and then not make the grand final this year and then, you know, Richmond fade away over the coming seasons. But, um, I mean, Ross at Fremantle, the grand final was in 2013. He's had one, two, three. He's had he's in his fifth season since then and... Um, yeah. And, and who can forget the, you know, the Frio sorted they lose the first ten 
Yeah. You know, in one season, everyone's yeah. thinking, you know, this this was a premiership contender the year before, yeah. and all of a sudden, they're literally bottoming out. Um, yeah. Interesting, interesting to see what what the go is. They've you know, got a fair bit of young talent they're rolling through at the moment. Mm. So, you never know. Number 10, sometimes it's okay to touch an umpire. Good call. Um, and I guess, you know, I'm seeing you, you know, if a player makes a blue or something and you put your arm around the umpire and have a joke or something like that, um, yeah. you know, don't don't really see a problem with that. You know, the, the umpires would probably do a better job if they actually had a better relationship with the players uh, and vice versa. Um, but the, the brushing them away or pushing them away, yeah, that should be a week every single time. Agreed. Number 11, the cheesy drivers are a good trade partner. Good call. <laughs> because you can always get him. He's always keen to be talking about someone. He's probably never going to trade him, but he's always keen to have a chat. So you, know, you, you need those guys around the league. Yeah. All right. Normally I do the waivers at this time of the week, but it's Wednesday. So I was going to throw out a few, um, but they've all been picked up. <laughs> Names like Melksham and McKernan. Melksham, highest, highest rated AFL player. Really? Over over the last few weeks on yeah, the, right. whatever their you know, fantasy numbers are. Career best form, which let's face it, it's probably not that difficult. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, surely unsustainable. What are they based on? So they've got these, you know, player ratings mm. that they they flash up on on the AFL right. website, and I think it's you know pretty. What does McRae have to say about? Well, that? <laughs> pretty susceptible to the one or two good games, but yeah. apparently they're saying the the Melksham game on the weekend was like one of the top ten games in the last yeah. ten years yeah. for efficiency and for output. So. Mm. Yeah, can can you keep it going when Melbourne actually start playing some decent teams? They've beat, beaten up a couple of ordinary teams the last yeah. few weeks, and the scoring reflects. So they're playing the Crows in the Alice Springs Heat this weekend. So, that's, yeah. that's a it's a sneakily big game, actually. Yeah, I don't know who's going to win that one either. Um, all right. So this um, this part of the show is called the Coach Catch Up. Um, so, first question, how's your season going? Well, given, I, I would say I have a different view than a few other guys around the league who think they'd probably love to have the problems I've got, and I've been whinging constantly about how bad my team is. Um, I think we're sitting all right. Um, well, you're third. You're, we're third, 6-3. Yeah. Six, six there, there were some dark days. You know, I, think, I think if you look at the ladder, I think I lost to 11th and 12th. Um, is two of those three losses, um, yeah. including one loss where my opponent was well, probably contacting higher powers. Ah, um, I'll take it. So there were a couple of ordinary weeks. I think there's been three or four 1600s as well. So, yeah. you know, all, all in all, it's it's going pretty solidly. And I noticed you have, you're about mid-table in terms of points scored. Yeah, those, those couple of weeks where I lost, I think there was maybe a 1300. Uh, yeah. And maybe a high thirteen hundred or low fourteen hundred in the other one. Um, yeah. So the, yeah, a couple of ordinary ones, but yeah, mid middle of the pack, hoping to improve. Um, so, who would you say was your best pickup on draft day? Probably Jesse Hogan. Yeah. And I know you know sitting opposite the great BMC and looking at the spreadsheets, <laughs> I think he was he was tossing up drafting Hogan the pick before I grabbed him. Yeah. Um, 
you know, new, new role down in Melbourne, playing more upfield. He's averaging about 23, 24 touches a game. Um, and they've got him at 187. Yeah, and now, now that Tom McDonald's providing a, a forward target for him, I guess yeah. he, he can rove and do more of that Jeremy Cameron, Lance Franklin type role. Yeah. Apparently the, the engine has been worked on a bit over the off-season. Right. So, yeah, that was all right. And I think Sam Murray was probably a handy pickup down in maybe the 240s or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, always nice to get a startable defender that late in the draft. And who was your biggest bust? Well, if you'd asked me three weeks ago, it'd be Zorko by yeah. the length of the straight. Yeah. Um, but he's he's managed to come good. Um, so you're, you're probably looking at Jack Billings. Yeah, fair enough. Just a uh, good season last season, young player, had a really nice role in the preseason, looks, was dominating, and has absolutely fallen off a cliff. I look at Jack Billings, and he doesn't have like the look of someone who's going to be you know, a top-five player in the league one day, but he's so highly rated that, I don't know, hopefully oh. this season's just an anomaly. Well, hopefully, yeah, he, he continues to struggle for the rest of this season and then you know, magically finds a cure in the off-season. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, all, all his junior coaches and say he's such a great kick, but he's been one of the worst in the AFL yeah. in his first three years. Um, all right, uh, next question. Can you explain your team name? Uh, ACT Avalanche. Well, didn't it's pretty boring, really, isn't it? You know, figure being the one of the lone outposts in the Eastern Conference, you know, representing the ACT, and just getting the alliteration, I guess, with trying to find something that began with A. Yeah. Avalanche worked. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, no, no fantastic backstory in that one. Um, who's your grand final prediction? That is a challenging question. <laughs> fantasy grand final. Oh, fantasy yeah, grand yeah, final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantasy well, grand final. Well, that's sorry. probably still a challenging question. Uh, has anyone picked themselves so far? Um, I don't think so. I'm not sure. Look, I, I don't think... I don't think probably I can, Ed, Ed's I picked himself. Yeah, I, I can't do that. Um, look, Ed looks pretty good to... You know, as, as painful as it is to say, you know, there's, there's a lot of points being scored there. He's already got seven wins in the bank. So you, you'd have to think he'll get there. Part of me wants to say Skeet just for fun because, I mean, even though he's won one, his record in the last couple of weeks of the season is pretty ordinary. But I reckon the Fluffers yeah. could, could jump up. Sitting yeah, fourth, the list looks pretty good. Yeah. So let's, let's go with Ed v. the Fluffers. Uh, who's your favourite Geelong player from the 90s? G. Ablett Senior. Yeah. Um, wow. When, do you, when was his last season? 96. But oh, he, yeah, he was my favourite player growing up picking a team, so that's why I follow Geelong. Just could, could do anything. I was a Geelong supporter before the power came along for about, yeah. I was a Crow supporter like when I was probably like five or six and then I was like, probably more, definitely like Geelong watching Ablett carve up. Um, and then the power came in and that's that. Um, all right. Uh, next question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, 2007 would have been better. Anyway. <laughs> um, all right. Do you hear Laurel or Yanni? I haven't heard either. I, I've been out of the loop. Have, yeah, right. have not heard it. Okay. Um, so is this, you know, similar to that coloured dress? Yeah, thing yeah, that's yeah. Been going around? yeah, yeah. Same. So let, yeah. let's pick one. I hear Yanni. Because right. I suppose with 
marrying a Greek, I probably should listen again. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Where were you on the 29th of September, 2007? I was at home. Um, if, if that day is correct, that, that was grand final day, make that assumption. Uh, at home, panicking. Uh, I think... Until the 10-minute mark. <laughs> oh, look, you know, I, I can still... You know, we started well. I can still hear... You know, the, the commentary of the Panther strikes when Burgoyne kicked kicked the goal for Port early in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, we were looking good at halftime. When Mooney kicked the first goal of the third quarter, that was probably when I should have been confident it was done. Yeah. Um, I finally decided we were going to win, I think, at three-quarter time when we were yeah. about 90 points in a <laughs> um, having, having seen four losing yeah. grand finals, yeah. 90 points in a quarter, I was confident that we were actually going to get it done. Yeah. Yeah, good. That was a great day. Yeah, I was overseas at the time. I got up at like, I was in the UK. I got up early in the morning to listen to it. I probably should have slept in. Anyway. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, 163 to 44. Oh, details. Something, something like that. <laughs> um, Kane Horns loves it. Kane, why? Oh, I think, you know, Oh, because he keeps getting... Uh, people yeah. just like reminding him about yeah. it, which, which is great. <laughs> he's like, he's just like this random thing on Facebook or Twitter, he'll type it and the response is like the scorecard. It's, it's always <laughs> that picture. Look, you know, I mean, I don't know, having having not grown up in Adelaide, but uh, he, he seems to be a gigantic flog. Like, has he always been that way? I thought he was the kind of like, I thought Chad was like, you know, Ooh, I'm down at Glenelg Beach, Beach, look at my biceps. And, like, Kane was more like, he had a family young and more just like the workhorse, quietly spoken. Turns out he's not quietly spoken. Yeah. But Chad, he, he was one of those guys you, you needed to pick in your fantasy team, but you hated yourself for doing it. Yeah. You, you just could not get excited about seeing Chad in your team. Yeah, he was great fantasy quality. I think also what surprised me about... Um, the Cornses is like their dad would have brought them up in a very anti-port household. Yep. Um, then they both joined Port, but they both stayed with the club more or less. Like Chad still obviously still works with the club, and Kane, well, he we never changed clubs. So three hundred gamer. Yeah. So yeah, interesting. All right. So last question: uh, Do you have an album or TV series recommendation for the listeners? Oh, sorry. Did I say album? I meant movie. Movie? I, I'd go TV. I reckon uh, first season's just wrapped up. Uh, HBO show called Barry. Yeah. Bill Bill Hader of Saturday Night Live yeah. fame. Uh, essentially, he's a pretty ordinary hitman. Uh, moves out to Los Angeles and like gets gets involved in you know, the artistic culture. Um, bit of a dark comedy, but high, highly worth Worth having a look at. Yeah, right. Um, all right. Um, so I got asked this week who was going on the show so they could send in a um, mailbag question. We've got zero mailbag questions oh. this week, so we'll move straight on to the well, who am I. Let that be a lesson <laughs> to the listeners to send in more mail. Um, there, there was a bit, yeah. of, a bit of conjecture around the league this week as to whether you should announce yeah. who, who the guest is going to be or not. All right. What's your, your view on this? Well, I do like the surprise. Like, people will say, oh, obviously they see the name of the episode, which is everyone's first draft pick. That's how I name oh, the episodes. Is, is that how you were doing it? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So this one's going to be called Zorko. Um, but, um, Did, I don't know. Does, do I get Dangerfield instead, seeing as I now own him and he was a higher, is he a higher draft pick? I assume so. Yeah, he was a higher pick. No, I think it's still got to be, oh, it's got to be your first draft pick. But I don't know. 
I kind of like the surprise element, but maybe next week. I mean, we've got next week's um, like semi arranged already, well arranged. So, oh, we'll see. And, and not giving anything away, of course. No, no. Um, but yeah. Anyway, well, um, I'll, I'll tell you what. For for how we go, if, if we've got a gap in the schedule, yeah. So you know, you, you may have said I've been been trying to get you know, a little thing going. Hashtag Benel Vance. You know, just just having a chat about good old Harley. Who, yeah. You know, it seems seems to get a lot of airtime for a guy who you could easily forget that he actually plays football. Um, now, I actually got an email this week into the mailbag, which is astonishing considering you got none. Right. You know, I, not, not saying I'm doing anything better, but I, I got one from Cheesy J. Not not really sure who who that is, <laughs> but um, Harley Bunnell. I'm not trying to trade him. Is he an asset? Yes or no. And I mean, pretty pretty good question from Cheesy J. Um, had a look, you know. Harley played for Peel on the weekend. Um, managed eight disposals, <laughs> six marks, two inside fifties, and a goal in a quarter. Um, Seventy minutes. Yeah, right. I actually, ran around for. Um, not sure about his impact for the good old Peel Thunder. Copped a one hundred and forty to forty eight belting from Subiaco. Wow. Who was sitting on top of the ladder. Um, but Cheesy J, if you're listening out there, I reckon there's probably two things here. One, is he actually going to play senior footy this year? And two, if he does, what would the scoring expectation be of a guy who's played two games in two years? So what, what do you reckon host with the most? I think it's a shocking pick. I seriously, I think, like, there's, I don't know, the whole calf thing. I'm very trusting of the media, and I'm like, maybe he has got, like, a calf issue. But was that your question, Benel? Is, like, is he going to play senior footy this year? I think he's cooked. I think he's absolutely cooked. I think he'll get he'll do something ridiculous. Like he'll do something like NRL ridiculous, like do a wee on someone or like <laughs> something ridiculous like that. And um, well, he, yeah. he doesn't have the out to play in an overseas league if he does something like that. That's does true. He? Not sure what the payback would be. So look, cheesy Jay, he's got to be at least a few weeks away from being even considered a selection. you got the buys coming up where you're going to be down players anyway. I mean, if you think he's going to average 100 when he plays, then he's probably a good stash. But, I don't know, he'll probably average 10. Mm. Yeah, probably a horrible pick. But um, having said that, he'll probably get snapped up by ACT Avalanche and then <laughs> score some 90s like Look, all the others. That... You know, we're, we're interested in feedback. So yeah. if anyone wants, you know, hashtag Bernal Bance, you know, if you want to, want to throw some ideas around or just... You know, let the person who's actually got him on their roster know what you think of them. All right, Go you right heard ahead. it. Benel Bantz, next week we need more for Benel Bantz. Um, all right, this one, uh, this segment's called Who Am I? Um, basically, I, yeah, say things until you guess who it is. <laughs> all right. Um, don't, don't judge me. <laughs> okay, first of all, I was born on the 17th of December, 1972. I mean, Ooh, my. Can I, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be Patrick Ruff? No. Nah. Dang, there we go. Um, I made my debut for Geelong oh. in round four, 1992, against West Coast. I won the 1998 Kaji Greaves medal. See, I probably should be getting this now, shouldn't I? 
I finished my career just short of 300 games. Oh. I played in three losing grand finals. Wouldn't be, wouldn't be the left footer with the long locks. I had a mullet in the 90s. It was curly. <laughs> I am 16th on the all-time Geelong leading goal kickers list. In round 11, 2002, I famously won a game against Carlton with a 50-metre goal after oh. the siren. And there is no way that was touched. Not a chance <laughs> in hell. Because Peter Riccardi would tell you if it was touched. Two, 287 games he end up at. Probably something like that. Anyway. What a, um, what a guy. That's correct. He, he, he sort of, that was 90s Geelong. You know, good players, lots of losing grand finals. Yeah, I feel sorry for him. Not, not quite of the elite to get us over the top. Um, and there was a, yeah, there was another guy. You had, like, Ken Kingsley. Oh. There's like a the bunch of these like <laughs> players in the 2005 2006 who just missed out on the flag. But Look, to be fair, he probably deserved to miss out on the flag. Didn't yeah, he, didn't he rig a footy show, you know, best looking player award or something? Got all uh. his mates to vote for it and <laughs> managed to win it one year or something. It sounds like a Cameron Ling move. Oh, look, I mean, he probably came runner up. Just, you know, just a all round chiseled looks, really. You know, him and Jared Ruffhead, you pretty much put him in any magazine. Anywhere in the world. Uh, Peter Riccardi. Um, I'm glad you got it because I only had one more clue. <laughs> two more clues left. It was like, I am of Italian and Argentine descent and was named on the half forward flank in the VFL, AFL, Italian team of the century. Uh, and I wore number 15. Yes. Great. So, great, great to long man. There you go. All right. Um, this segment's called The Political Discussion. Ooh. So it was reported last week uh, during the Essendon Carlton game. Um, last week, two weeks ago, yeah. Um, yeah. Bombers defender Mark Bagley sledged Carlton's Jed Lamb about his father, who was uh, murdered in an axe attack when Jed Lamb was six years old. Uh, last year, it was reported that Jake Carlisle sledged Mark Murphy about his wife. Um, and at the time, some past players said uh, the sledging code on a footy field was simple: if it's personal, it's wrong. Um, I'm not sure how that, if that was followed in the 60s and 70s. Um, but anyway, ACT Avalanche, where is the line on the footy field? Look, I think, I think the, if it's personal, I think that's pretty fair. Like, I mean, you know, growing up playing a lot of different sports in Australia, you tend to like a bit of chatter, you know, just raises the game to a whole other level and trying to beat whoever you're playing against. Um, I think if, if you're having a go at some, someone, you know, you're probably okay, but I think when when you start bringing the externals into it, you know, wives, families, kids, um, I mean, did, would Bagley have known about Jed Lamb's dad? I mean, well, I think that's the thing. I think Bagley, like, they all made up afterwards. Bagley didn't know, but, um, but I don't know. I think that's... Do, do, you, yeah, do, know. You need, do you need that? I mean, look, the guys that you probably want to punch on a footy field tend to have, you know, the same types of trait. They're not particularly good, and they've probably played for a fair few clubs. I know Jed Lamb on his third third club yeah, so far. I think GWS, Carlton, and I think Sydney. Sydney yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, I mean, fair play to him. I guess he's trying to make a career with limited talent, but you know, really, you've got to go out there and get the footy, don't you? You know, that that's the most important thing. I mean, you know, not not to bring back Kane Corns, but you know the. <laughs> The sledge that finished his career from Nat Fife, you know, when what he dragged him. Oh, the same, you know, Nat Fife, as soon as Kane Corns went to him, Fife yeah. dragged him down a full forward and just said, you know, there's no way you're going to be able to outmark me, old yeah. man. 
And, you know, he's right. I mean, what's Nat 5? You know, 6'4 and 90-something kilos yeah. uh, against, you know, a fly. Yeah. And I think Kane sort of said, well, that's that's it for me. There's no way I'm going to be able to keep up with these sort of blokes. Yeah, right. But, you know, there's, there's certain things. Like, I remember going back, you know, playing cricket in the summer. You know, you'd get all the AFL players, you know, coming down to park cricket, you know, over summer playing with their mates. And yeah. you, you may remember St Kilda fall forward back in the day, Jason Heatley. Oh yeah, well not not a bad not a bad player, you know, sort of Barry Hall light, I guess could take a few players out, and you know there were three of us sort of eighteen year olds while he was batting tearing us apart. Yeah, you know, good bloke. and I think he made ninety odd, and we essentially spent the entire afternoon calling him Justin, <laughs> just you know, just for fun. And okay, he might have threatened to smack us with his bat a couple of times, but yeah. you know that sort of stuff. Surely that's harmless fun. Yeah, yeah. You know we oh, well, I mean. You know, he was absolutely huge, so I wasn't going to say anything that I thought would cross a line. But yeah. you know, surely, surely you can have a chat. You know, let people know you just kicked a goal on them. You know, maybe, maybe don't go the full Sicily route. But no, no. But so if you're playing in the AFL Grand Final, scores a let's say a goal. Someone needs to kick a goal to win the game. You're standing on the mark. He's running in to kick it. Um, you know something about let's say his mother. Uh, <laughs> You know, this is the grand final. This is the premiership on the line. If he shanks it, your team wins. Or like, you know, months of preseason training and home and away season. Do you say it? Oh, see, this is one of those great things, isn't it? It's the, the easy reaction of, oh, no, I'd never do that. But you don't actually know, do you, until you're in the situation. I, I would like to think that I wouldn't. I think Ed would say it. <laughs> I, you know, I'd... Does, does he even? I mean, the crowd's got to be going mental and think. Does, does he even yeah. hear it? You know, he's as probably he, as he's yeah. coming in. Um, yeah. I, you know, I'd, I'd like to think I wouldn't go there. I'd, I'd also question how I found out this piece of information about his mother. True. Um, that that'd be an interesting story, probably. But yeah. Yeah. You know, I think you know, in, in general, you know, your your sledging's fine as well. You got to back it up as well, don't you? You, know, you do. Or in the NRL, you know, you just get smacked in the face. You know, yeah, and the guy gets two weeks. Yeah, I mean, what what does he get? And you know, you you fracture someone's eye with a straight punch. I mean, what did Barry Hall get for knocking Staker out? For eight weeks, something like that. You know, I, yeah, I don't know. Two two weeks. So yeah, seems interesting. Um, all right. Uh, looking at next week's matchups. Um, BMC plays Darren Jarman. There's obviously the bye as well so this week. That's a is that too early to call that a wooden spoon battle or what, it, what, it's what's a wooden, to go there? It's a wooden spoon battle, but I had a quick look at his list and I'm pretty sure he hasn't got any Port or Gold Coast players. Um, and I've got a few. Ooh. So Ooh. I don't know if I like throw the table and just like go trading to try and get the win, which I probably need. Or if I um yeah. Well look if if you want to we'll trade, you know, when when we wrap up here yeah, More than happy to have a discussion. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking for people to trade. Will anyone in this league trade with me? Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, you're playing feels bad man a megalol. Yeah, interesting matchup that one. Um, he's he's hanging on to the eight at the moment, but scoring scoring pretty well. Um, be be nice to get a win there. It'll be costly for him if he loses it, um, seeing as him, Skeed, and SSG are all hanging around that seventh, eighth, ninth mark. One of those spots has to go, um, I guess the ninth spot obviously has to go to someone um, and they miss out on finals and it's a long summer, just ask BMC. 
But um, uh, yeah, you got to you got to look at ten as well. You know, the the John Deere is sitting in tenth with pretty good scoring. Yeah. So if, if he's going to jump up potentially, that's that's a another spot. It sounds like there's a fall out of the eight. So there's a career for John Deere's in radio if he doesn't make the finals. Smooth voice with uh, those golden tonsils. <laughs> um, yeah, I reckon ACT should win that. Sorry, Luke. Um, cheesy Jivers versus the Milky Bar Kids. Uh, Milky Bar Kids were in the bottom four for a while, but now they're doing really well. Oh, yeah, 4-1 in the last five. Uh, second highest league score last week um, to take a high-scoring encounter. This is really is a litmus test for the cheesy drivers. I mean, lose here and you might as well put the queue in the rack. Well, you know, we've let's face it, we, we think they've been overachieving so far this season. You know, it, it was a painful loss on the weekend. There's no other way to describe it. You know, if he drops this one as well, could well be out of the eight coming into the turn. And well, we've we've already had a discussion about his stashing of Harley Benel at Benel. So yeah, you know, could could be changes ahead. Um, the Bob Murphy Fluffers pay the Harpies in the top of the table clash. That is a great clash. Two informed sides. So there's been ten games, hasn't there? Or uh, nine? Nine. Nine. So. The Harpies are six and three. Okay. Yep. And the Fluffers mm. five four. Six and four versus seven and three. Big difference. Just set, sets you up. Gives you a little bit of flexibility going into the buyers as well. You know, if people. I know last year I was one of those having to try and chase wins during the buyers. So look, looking to make some trades. Yeah. So you know, having that extra win to be able to just maybe coast through the buyers or even take advantage of someone else. That's always nice. Um, SSG versus Skeet in a very interesting game. Seven, seven v nine, both at four five. You, I mean SSG. Would, I mean I don't want to steal your thunder about the, you know, the Shane Deets medal update that must be coming out shortly. But I mean that guy, you know, high quality talent, just not being able to get on the park, and not a lot of news coming out as well. So he's just been forced to sit and hold. I mean. If you look at look at the scores, I mean he's what twelve hundred points under Skeetcoin, but on the same win loss record. Incredible. Uh, he might be boosted by the return of Josh Kelly this week, so we shall see. Um, and in the match of the round, um, there are opposite ends of the table, and quite honestly, I'm a bit disappointed with the lack of banter. But uh, Ed United versus the John Deers. That is a great matchup. Um, but having said that, anyone could win. John Deere's scoring strongly. Absolutely, John Deere's. Yeah, it would have been a higher score last round. I think nearly nearly cracked the sixteen hundred. Um, Ed managed to crawl over the line with what the second worst score in the league last week. Just managed to beat the worst score. So there's, there's still, you know, it's Ed. I mean, I know I've picked him to make the grand final, but there's... Jury's still out. I think there's a bit of Richmond, you know, beating up on underperforming teams at the moment. He, he needs that signature win. He does. Just, just to let the league know that he's serious. Um, and that's just about it from my end. I don't know if you have uh, anything else you wanted to add. Oh, look, I think it, it would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the the latest track release from Asylum oh, that, that dropped last night. Um, yeah, D2. <laughs> You've got to admire that. I do. Um, he was meant to give it to me to download so I can play it. 
Um, so yeah, that didn't happen. Um, I mean, is is he sending it? Are we going to expect something like this every week now? I think I think he's putting out regular songs now, which is what they call in the business an album. So, well, look, I I am Skeet certainly as a debut single was pretty well received. This this showed a different side, um, although you know, a similar level of profane language involved. But there's, there's a bit of musical talent there. Absolutely. So, yeah, definitely. Like, like I said yesterday, do, do people now just poke the bear to see what they can get out of him? Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, but yeah, nah, that was a fantastic uh, surprise yesterday, and I hope there's a few more coming as well. Yeah, and is he still doing the post-trade commission the podcasts, or has that just gone away? Oh, yeah. I was expecting one of those as well. Um, you'd think he'd have a lot of time on his hands being at four and six or four and five. Yeah, I don't know. He seems to be trying to avoid talking about that a bit. He's quite quite happy to take shots at certain <laughs> people, but doesn't. Although, you know, fair play to him. I'm surprised he actually hasn't phoned in this week. Um, I thought he was a recurring guest. Yeah, on no. The Deeds podcast. No skate coin this week, but we'll have um, we'll have him and the harpies on in a couple of days um, for the mid-season review. Um, and we're also having a legitimate special guest in June, so stay tuned for that. Oh, do, do we do we get any any sort of idea, any clues, or just just going to keep that close? We'll just say they're a public figure, Ooh. but not that public. <laughs> More of a Twitter public. Oh, look, not not that. I'm, I don't know. I, I would be astonished <laughs> if the Deets podcast could not get pretty much anyone you asked. Yeah, we got to build up a bit of capital, and then we might be able to. Um, Get the great man himself. Who knows? Who knows? Well, he's, you know, he's, <laughs> his campaign in Vanuatu is over. So is he, is he hanging around out there or is he heading home? Yeah, well, yeah I don't see, know. See what happens. I have to find out where he's, where he's actually hanging out at the moment. There was going to be a regular segment called, you know, Deeds Watch, but um, he's gone quiet. Yeah. He's he, gone dark. Is he, you know, any, any Twitter, any anything... Who, who knows? He, he could really. be anywhere, let's face it. Yeah. You know, he, he just... Came back briefly into our lives and then disappeared after a week. Yeah. Some some amazing performances, but <laughs> who knows? Yeah. All right. I think that probably just about wraps it up. Thanks for joining us. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to Talking Deets. We'll be back again next week with more fun and games. Reach out and touch me